Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, just a quick message from uh, Chrissy and Nathan to let you know that this episode uh, was recorded in the before times. We uh, banked a bunch of episodes long before we were all locked in our homes, uh, going slowly mad with nothing to do. Uh, so if you're wondering why there are no quippy references to um, uh, how my life exists only in Animal Crossing now, uh, that is why. Uh, we were together then, we are far apart now, um, but we still have some wonderful episodes for you. So please to enjoy Poltergeist. <laughs> Welcome to the most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's the podcast where a filmmaker and a comedian go into the light of the 80s movies that we think we love or love to hate with modern eyes to see how well they hold up or don't. This is Poltergeist, a movie from 1982. The house looks just like the one next to it. And the one next to that. And the one next to that. A young couple live in it. Give Ken a kiss. <laughs> you are so unlucky! With their three children. Of course, And something more. Remember last night? Do you remember when you woke up and you said yeah. you were here? Uh-huh. Well, who did you meet? Who's here? TV people. Something's funny going on here next door. Something, uh... We were wondering if maybe you had experienced any disturbances lately. What, what kind of disturbances? I don't know what happens over this house. scares you i think it knows eight things that scare literally everyone <laughs> all right poltergeist have you seen it what's your history yes so i because you know when i was younger i was all things nuts about spielberg and lucas um i ended up seeing this at some point i don't remember when mm-hmm. 
Um, it's been a while since I've revisited it for sure. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. Um, I definitely saw this movie when I was a kid. This is one of the movies that my dad like edited out the really scary parts of. <laughs> so I never had like a particular affection for it. Like I didn't mm-hmm. think it was that scary. It's a lot of talking. It's just a lot of talking. And it's a lot of... Without that <laughs> Disagreeing, yeah. Uh-huh. So I remember the creepiness. I remember the creepiness and like the paranormal people like coming into the house. And like, mm-hmm. you know, he left in the parts yeah. where like stuff got sucked in. I think the only part he really took out was the the face peeling. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because uh, I remember being a bit surprised <laughs> by that part. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, yeah. So Poltergeist. It is one of those movies that you only remember the big moments of and then when you rewatch it you're like oh shit there's two other hours on either side of all those things it's so slow so slow <laughs> um but so it starts with like the cute little family and they're mm-hmm. in their cute little um you know like tract house and yeah. um it's all very cute and it's all very the same mm-hmm. um yeah, this is very much a Steven Spielberg film. You know, it, it's it's interesting because this is basically it's a horror movie, but it's it's like a horror movie for the mainstream audience. Yeah, ish. Yeah, it, it's a horror movie within the wrapper of a Spielberg film. Mm-hmm. You know, of the structure and things. He he was one of the writers. He was the producer of it. Mm-hmm. Toby Hooper is the director. And for for those of you that don't know, there's a lot of um, controversy over who actually directed it. Is there? Yeah. So th- this is a whole big Hollywood mythos thing of who d- actually directed Poltergeist. A lot of people say it was Steven Spielberg, you know, even though Toby Hooper is still um, the credited director. Mm-hmm. He was coming off of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. And he did like some Friday the 13th, right? Something like that. So I hold it my film knowledge. Okay. But yeah, so no, Toby Hooper. So my gut of where I um, lie on the whole is that Spielberg. So Toby Hooper is still the director, but Spielberg is one of those people who he gets on set. He gets so enthusiastic in terms of just like, oh, and we should do this. Oh, kid, do that, this, that he's just kind of so excitable that it could easily seem like he was calling all the shots, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that seems and, like a Steven Spielberg thing to do. Yeah, and here you've got Toby Hooper. I even I even read that he did a bit of that on Used Cars with Robert Zemeckis, and it was Kurt Russell who kind of said, look, I can take directions from that dude, or I can take directions from you, but I can only take directions from one person, and who's mm-hmm. it going to be? And Spielberg goes like, oh, so sorry. Oopsies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt Russell. I mean, I get that. I, I get that. Yeah. Especially if it's like, oh, my God, I have this great story. I can't direct everything. I can't be everywhere yeah, at once. Yeah, Would yeah. you take this? Take this one. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yes. just going to stop by and then I'm going to be like, ah, I love this and I love that and I want to touch this and I want to uh-huh. move that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've for sure been guilty of that too. Oh, me too. Or me too, 100%. Yeah. And, and, and I felt like this Spielberg was so invested in this that he couldn't stop himself from just contributing yeah and being a part of the process and it just ended up kind of overshadowing the literal actual director mm. 
And it, it sounds like Toby was okay with it. I mean, know? wouldn't you be if you yeah. were like, oh, no, Steven Spielberg, yeah. get out of here, would you? Like, Yeah, he was just happy to be invited to the party. You exactly, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so there was like an impending director's strike that I don't know if it actually ended up happening, but Spielberg had to pick one or the other between this or E.T., and so he picked E.T. And so Not a bad choice. Right, Stevie. exactly. And so... But he still managed to be on the set of this, and and well, that's the thing about the kind of people who like got to stick their fingers in all the pies is that they have a lot of energy to get uh-huh. around to all the different pies. Like yeah, um, but and I also like this whole movie. There's so much incredibly valuable Star Wars merch in that kid's <laughs> room. Uh huh. Everywhere you turn, there's so, yeah, Star Wars, Star Wars, yeah, Star Wars, so Star I was, Wars, Star Wars. I was Wars. watching this, and and it's like so. There's like in all these shots, like Star Wars, Rubik's cubes, Mister Rogers, Sesame Street, tons and tons of stuff. Like if we went back and did like Stranger Things, and you lathered on this much amount of stuff in the background, you'd say. Oh, this is way overkill. You're just trying to like stoke our nostalgia. But here we've got an actual like 1982 movie that's got all this stuff in. It does. And I legitimately feel because there's been a lot of debate like like Robert Zemeckis just having tons of stuff in Back to the Future 2 of like, oh, Pepsi and all these brands and things like that. I genuinely believe that they weren't trying to like you know, product placement. They were trying to make ground it in like, oh, this is the stuff that you've got in your house. Yeah, and it is. Yeah. No, it is. Like literally still. Yeah. <laughs> not only literally still, yes, I have those sheets. Like they're not like usable bed sheets anymore, right. but I've made them into pillows and stuff. Um but also like my son's is nine and his room is a Minecraft room. You know, so if you were mm-hmm. if we get poltergeisted, which I have to say like my family is probably like in the in a, in the upper reaches of like poltergeistable families. Um, I have a very ornery fourteen year old. You know, like mm-hmm. she's gonna get poltergeisted one of these days. Um, but like, if you shot a movie at our house, you'd be like, oh, in this Minecraft bedroom where there's every single Minecraft thing, like overkill. Yeah, it's really real. And then mm-hmm. they kind of show you like at the very at the beginning, very beginning, the like realness of this family. Or kind of slobs, even though the mom is like doing her best. Like the the teenage daughter has potato chip bag under her pillow. <laughs> the kid, like the middle kid, is like asleep with his baseball hat on. Uh-huh. The dad is just like passed out in a chair until the TV turns itself off. It's it's, it's interesting of like Spielberg, his fascination with the suburban you know, um kind of like family mm-hmm. and you get to see this in th- in in three movies you get to see it in close encounters you get to see it in poltergeist and you get to see it in et mm-hmm. and you get to see all these different interesting shades and versions of it um the one thing that i'm most fascinated by is that these are all like waspy all-american families mm-hmm. and he doesn't ever well the one thing we never see are any Jewish people in any of these stories? He How do doesn't, you know they're not Jewish? Well, I mean, they are so blonde and waspy. Like, <laughs> but I mean, you don't. He doesn't. It took it really. You don't have Spielberg. I think, admittedly, in some of his interviews, never really confronted his Jewishness until mm. Schindler's List mm. in, in like '93, and it's and it's hard to imagine. <laughs> that's only 11 years from this movie. Yeah. 
Well, and I think that like it's not. I mean, it's like we said, it's kind of a funny, it's kind of a poppy look at, mm-hmm. at this at this family. Very Americana, yeah, like suburban. They are having all of these cliche football. friends over for the football game. And they're having a, a remote control war because they both have the same controller that controls. And it only has two buttons, mm-hmm. up and down. And they're fucking with the neighbors to be like, up, down, up, down, up, down. Sesame Street, or no, Mr. Rogers football, Mr. Rogers football. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's kind of a funny look at it. But then it's also, like, kind of dark, right? Like, Craig T. Nelson is not nice to anyone in this family. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, he's that, like, distant dad who, like, she's, you know, in her cute little nighties every night. Like, and he falls asleep on the couch. even Except for that one scene where they're, like, getting high together. Mm-hmm. But even yeah, then, he's, I, like, it, she's trying to tell him a story. Mm-hmm. And he's reading a book about Ronald Reagan. Yeah, I th- I thought that was interesting that he's reading the, uh, a book about Ronald Reagan while she's smoking a reefer, rolling a joint. Yep. Yeah, uh, but she's also trying to talk to him and connect mm-hmm. to him, and he's just mm-hmm. like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, you know. Mm-hmm. And until the conversation turns to being about him, yeah, that's when he finally decides to engage with her. Well, I do feel that they're part of. I think also like each of these three families these american families that mm-hmm. spielberg has kind of shown has also shown them to be a little broken too and and out of all of them like close encounters and et and and this one this front this one strikes me as the least broken out of all of them you know they're just not mm-hmm. they, i think they're victim to what a lot of american or just a lot of families are is that they're all kind of going their own direction yeah you know for sure and and i think ultimately the what happens throughout the whole movie is that they all come come together. You know, yes. that's ultimately the direction that they've got to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I feel like they're just barely imperfect. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the bird dies, and like, mm-hmm. the, first of all, she's about to flush it, and it's like, <laughs> you no, are you crazy? Are you insane? You can't flush a bird down the toilet. Right. But then they like bury it, and it's blah blah blah. Um, yeah, I did and think, then like, the, the two other kids are like yelling at the the. the can we dig it up and see, see the bones? bones? It's like careful what you wish for, kid. Uh-huh. Um, Speaking of which, we missed a, a great opportunity of <laughs> of an animated dead bird. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, if it just like just a little boop of just like all the skeletons are coming up at the end, and it's yeah. like, yeah, and then one just like, it's still got a little bit of flesh on its bones. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then write a letter, Nathan. Have them go back and add that <laughs> digitally. Um, but also like, there's a scene where they're having breakfast. It's like they're we're getting to know them, slice of life. Which, by the way, like we spend so much time getting to know them, slice of life. We could, I mean, come on now. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it was a different time. I yeah, it, it was. It really was. Like the the and you see it in the credits, right? The mm-hmm. credits take forever, and the credits of it's either is it clouds that that are behind the credits for this one, or am I thinking of Red Dawn? <laughs> but it's just like the credits just go on forever, and now I think credits are almost invisible. Mm-hmm. Like they're just happening, and the movie's going. Anyway, um, they have breakfast, and there's so much breakfast, it's insane. <laughs> they have cereal. They are, there is melon, there are waffles, there's every kind of breakfast. There's too much breakfast. (laughs) What does that mean? So much breakfast. Um, It was crazy. And then he's got a nightmare clown in his room Mm -hmm. that seems to always be perched in a chair pointed directly at its bed. And a nightmare tree. 
the yeah the whomping willow is what yeah. I referred to it as yeah it, it, it's it, other than the 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 like the big uh, special effect ghosts and things like that there's a couple of I think really nice situations that 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 they've put in here that are like these are the iconic things that kids are afraid of the tree outside the window the tree outside the window and then like the and then like the scary doll you know Ugh, the scary and doll. then yes, but then it. you've also got that for the parents too mm-hmm. like those scary nightmare situations of uh the swimming pool like the kid drowning or falling into a swimming pool mm-hmm. Um, and, and not only is that like a fear that they express, but that, you know, when they're just talking casually, it's like, oh, what if I, it's like, as they're digging the pool, one of the kids goes out and is like, no, no, we'll be fine. We'll do a fence or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then later they, they've got the, the daughter is missing and they're like the swimming pool. And they, ju- the they pool. dive out there and it's been raining. So there's a bit of water and, mm-hmm. and then, but later just the whole panic of a lost child. Like, where is that? Where is our lost child? That is literally every nightmare I've yeah. ever uh-huh. had. Uh-huh. And so this movie is poking at both kids and adults worst nightmares it is and it ends successfully because so this movie kind of has it all because it has these like really creepy atmospheric things that are just like mm -mm. like when she's Mm -hmm. uh the tv is fuzzing and caroline is in the parents bed and she's just like slowly crawling over to the tv and the light is flickering that made me feel afraid (laughs) nothing else in this movie did like skeletons popping up a demon head launching out of its closet like nope i'm like nope just those creepy Mm -hmm. like oh also it was 2 37 a.m when the tv went off its broadcast which is obviously not a sign not a time that anything would stop (laughs) being broadcast so do you think that was a shining reference probably Mm. spielberg was a big kubrick fan okay um okay so then but yeah it's like like as long as it takes to kind of wind up like at 40 minutes into the movie the shit is going insane like it is going full balls out at that and that, point that's the moment when it starts when the teeth and the things explode and it comes into the wall and she goes they're here mm-hmm. and then boom we're off to the races yeah but still it starts with silverware and chairs at what, okay so it's so bananas <laughs> The chairs, like, she she looks over. Mom looks over. She's clearing up breakfast. It's just her, her and Carol Ann. The chairs are all moved away yeah. from the Carol table. Carol Ann's the little girl who looks like the, the little blonde girl. Who has Ooh. the straightest bangs I've ever yeah. seen in and my she, entire life. She literally looks like the, the boy from Close Encounters with a wig on. <laughs> oh, no. Um... Uh, okay, so... Oh, also there's a scene in this movie where the teenage daughter is going to school. She's, like, in her uniform and she's getting on her bike to go to school. And the three men who are digging the pool are like, hey, babe. They're, like, calling her and being like, oh, you want to get in the pool with me, baby? And, like, they're being disgusting. And she, like, flips them off. And the mom's watching out the window just like, oh, oh, how silly. She'll have a whole life full of that. And then that same guy, like, reaches through and is, like, drinking and eating uh-huh. her breakfast. That's creepy. That's the danger. <laughs> Those three guys are the are more dangerous than the poltergeist. Um, but well, so yeah. then she looks away again, and the chairs are all stacked up on the table in a, in a thing that is impossible mm-hmm. to explain. Yeah, and that was a good effect because it's all done while the camera's turned away for just a moment. A really short moment. Yeah, and you know this is this. Is, there's no CG. Nope. 
it would not be uh ex- it would not be impressive today cuz you you knew you could like you just stitched together two different shots mm-hmm. but yeah she just turns away and they're all like piled up on top of the table balanced in an impossible yeah. way so then Craig T. Nelson gets home and she is drawn all over the floor and she's like, check this out. And she's showing him how the chairs move mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and That's she a puts, lot of fun, too. She puts Carol Ann down and she's uh-huh. like, watch this. There she goes. It's like, a football helmet on her. <laughs> experimenting with scooching your daughter across the floor. She's psyched. Um, but not for long. Yeah. The, the thing that's really cool about this is that we get that first part of like, Everything just starting to happen and that suspense suspense and tension of, you know, of all these things like beginning to, you know, the normal world being violated and like figuring out what's going on. And then we kind of cut to it being normalized Mm -hmm. now. And like they've already gone through the 10 hours of of dealing with this. And now that it's kind of normalized, it's like, hey, watch this. Yeah. And then it's even better when... Like, even more time has passed, and they finally reach out to these, like, parapsychologists. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that part. Yeah. But the, but the Such next, a great, the great next device. creepy thing that happens is that the tree tries to eat the kid. Like yeah. The, oh, yeah. The Whomping Willow's like, oh, what a delicious boy. Smash, grab, in you go. Like, and is trying to eat the little boy. Meanwhile, that's a misdirection. These uh-huh. ghosts are capable of misdirection because as soon as everybody's attention is on... Trying to get rid of the suburban tomato, tomato tornado, and rescue the boy from the tree. Carol Ann's just up in her room, uh, uh, getting sucked into the closet, into the light of the closet. And mm-hmm. like, I love that part because when it starts to suck everything out of her room, from under her bed just comes an impossible amount of glitter. <laughs> Just, just loose, no. loose glitter. So there's every like every parent's nightmare. It is loose glitter is every human's nightmare, <laughs> and she's got three pounds of it under her bed. Um, and then of course, Caroline is gone. Where is she? She's not in the pool. Like no one can find her. Where is she? She's in the TV. Mm-hmm. She's in the TV with the TV people. What? Uh, so scary. Yeah, and that's the iconic image of, like, the little girl touching the TV. Yeah. You know? But there is a part where... Okay, so the tree is eating the boy. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Nope. The mom is holding on to a post, and Craig T. Nelson is trying to get the boy out. And mm-hmm. she's like, hold on, daddy's coming. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let go of that post. Go get your kid out of that tree. Like, I would be clawing my way up that tree. Um, she's just like holding on to a post that really bugged me. Mm-hmm. She'll make up for it later, but still, yeah, she will. There, there is a lot of just like in Aliens, there is a a lot of kind of like get away from my babies, bitch. Mm-hmm. A um, lot of a lot of strong mother rage in this yeah. movie. So they go then. Then he's like immediately he goes to the, he goes to the science folk and he's just like sitting there, yeah, like, so, like smoking a cigarette, like oh. Yeah, it feels like it's almost like the same. It, it, I, I, so Ghostbusters, what was like two years later? Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, the go-to place for like psychology, parapsychology, and ghosts studies was like universities, mm-hmm. like these these small little testing labs. So we see him in one of these testing facilities, and they're an interesting set of characters from mm-hmm. different backgrounds and things like that. Um, and he, it's just such a wonderful device of bringing them in. 
they're taking this seriously, but yet they've never really seen anything remotely to this, uh, like this. And Craig T. Nelson is just so over it. He's had to live it for like a week or two or whatever, how much how much time has passed. I think it's only been a day. <laughs> I, I do. Like, uh-huh. I think caroline has gone for a day and they go like... Or even like two days or yeah. whatever. But yeah, he's just so over it at this point. Um, and then there's that really funny moment where they're about to go in and they're getting all their, oh, wait, let us get the equipment for you. Oh, I got a video once of a car moving across the thing. It, take, it took 18 hours. Seven, seven hours, thing. and it was imperceptible by the human eye, but we've got it on tape. Yeah, and, like, and he's uh-huh. like, uh-huh, uh-huh, great. It, yeah, and he opens the door, and then shit is just flying all over the place like yep. a whirlwind. Yep, 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 and they're like, the lights go, oh, they'll go two more times in the next, whatever. It's like old hat to them, and I, and I yeah. do love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. So that flip, um, but they're still skeptical, right? The the people are like they could have a CB radio. This could be this. That could be that. Shit falls out of the ceiling, mm-hmm. um, and then like immediately, like that never lets up. Shit goes down. Like the the lights, they come down the stairs, right? And Caroline passes through the mom. Um, and I will say this: like even though they are clearly like highly stressed and in a in a very terrible situation. Craig T. Nelson and Joe Beth Williams, their sweater game is still on point. Because <laughs> they're both wearing pretty fabulous sweaters. Well, I mean, it's it's still an emergency, but right. I mean, we can't lose what makes us important. Exactly. Right? Um, and then the house farts on them and bites a guy. <laughs> and then they stay up all night drinking whiskey and, and talking about creepy stuff during that night. So I think, like, I think it's just one long, I think it's just a couple of days. Like, mm-hmm. I think Caroline gets taken. And maybe they try and figure out for a day and like, so I think it's maybe like a week. Well, it's at least a week because his boss says you've missed a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um, But so in the night is the part that my dad edited out of this movie. Oh, yeah. Where the the one boy researcher is like, I'm going to go make something to eat. And I think he was Steven Spielberg's uh, personal assistant, actually. Interesting. Or one of his assistants, yeah. But this man takes a steak, mm-hmm. a raw defrosted steak out of the fridge of the people he's just researching at and sets it on the counter? What is wrong with that person? Mm-hmm. What a monster. He deserves what he got. <laughs> um, and then he like, there's a really gross part. Um, there's one gross part? Yeah. Well, that part was gross. <laughs> there's a lot of gross parts in this movie. Oh, this- here, here, speaking of gross part, the next day... She puts her 10-year-old son and a dog in a cab, (laughs) unattended, Uh and sends them off to Grandma's house. Remember 1982 when you could just put a child in a cab? Yeah, it's like, oh, that's the thing is that you just saw him kind of leaning out of the window. It's like, is is that kid driving a car? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, it's a cab. Uh, You'll be safer than your Uh sister who's in the ceiling, so... Let, I guess uh-huh. I guess call me if you get to grandma's. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm dealing with some other stuff, so. <laughs> uh. Yeah. This this movie it definitely it definitely feels like Spielberg um just wanted to fit so many so moments many. and gags and 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 moments that were just exciting him or nagging at him or he just came up with and wanted to cram it all because there's so much in this movie. And they really should have not had a third <laughs> of it. Like, So the boss takes him up and is like, well, we can't lose you. What are you doing? Are you getting, 
got a lot of video equipment over at your house. You can't not gonna leave us and go to another agency, are you? Like, yeah, we we introduced the whole idea that apparently Craig T. Nelson is in real estate, and his boss is basically the dude in charge of the company that has kind of that that has created all the homes in this suburban and suburban Craig T. Nelson area. has sold them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's like, don't worry so about he, this. We'll just yeah. move this cemetery. We're just going to move this cemetery. Like, we'll just move it. It's not yeah. a big deal. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Why, and, why should you care? Yeah. And now we're foreshadowing basically what is creating all this paranormal activity, you know, that that their home is built on a cemetery. Yeah. Um, okay. So then we get this psychic. The lady the comes thing. back. So it's interesting. So why is, is, why is it only their house that is such a, a nexus point? Of the paranormal activity. Is it literally <laughs> only their house? Or is it maybe like also their shed, but we just don't see... <laughs> we don't see any of the interesting things that happen there. Like, is it just the perimeter of their one house or, you know... Okay, well, and so, all right. If we're going to get into it, let's get into it. So a poltergeist isn't a ghost. A poltergeist is like an energy. And a poltergeist doesn't haunt a place. It haunts a person. So a poltergeist literally would not be the thing... That would be haunting because your house is on a cemetery. It, right. it, it attaches to a person. It's an iconic name that they wanted to use. Yeah, right. But it's not the right name for what this is, which is actually a haunting, right? Right. And, and I think, so the psychic shows up, the, this person that we all know, like the thing that you think of when you think of this movie is that little girl touching the TV screen and then this tiny little psychic lady. Um, you know, because the way she looks and the way she talks is is the this house is clean, like mm-hmm. um, Zelda. Zelda, yeah, that's Zelda who Rubenstein. we think of. Yeah. Um, and when she shows up, she sort of explains like they're attracted to Carol Ann because of her energy and her light and her warmth, and uh, to her, it's just a child, mm-hmm. and to us, it would be the beast. And to his bowling league, he's known as Jeff. You know, like, she's just, like, explaining everything. Yeah, it's interesting when you've got these people, the experts, who have n- who have probably never, ever seen a real ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They haven't, and now they're, like, all Except maybe Zelda, who's kind of the Grandmaster Jedi yeah. of all this stuff. Well, and I, I hate the attitude that this movie takes towards her mm-hmm. because the parents, although they sought help and the people they sought to help are like, this is the person who's going to help you because Craig T. Nelson is openly hostile to her. Mm-hmm. And even the mom is like skeptical. And I just, I was just waiting for her to have even one moment where she's like, she does like remand, re, remand, like admonish him a bit. Cause he's like, mm-hmm. I, I am telling her the answer. I'm telling her psychically. I roll. You're mm-hmm. rolling your eye. You're rolling your eye. At a psychic. A tree tried to eat your kid. Like <laughs> What's out of bounds at this point? At this point, yeah. So what, what do you get out of being a dick to her? Because he's like, oh, I'm, I am telling her. I'm telling her with my mind. Har, har, har. Meanwhile, upstairs, there's three pounds of loose glitter in a tornado <laughs> that won't leave your daughter's room. Chill out. And she's like, I just don't like trick answers. But they do nothing but yell at her and tell her no as she's trying to help them through this. And I would just love it if she lost patience for once and was like, mm-hmm. would you? I am fine. 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 You get your daughter out of the ceiling then. You know? Ugh. Okay. Rant over. She shows up. She tries to help. What do they end up doing? Throwing tennis balls <laughs> into the closet. And they come out gooey on the other side. 
yeah, this is is this the first appearance of in cinema of ectoplasm? I think so. Yeah, it's kind of pinkish embryo goo. It's so gross. It's it's really yeah. It's kind of yeah. It's it feels like it when they it, it is kind of like embryonic goo mm-hmm. in this one, and, and not gross. quite the the wonderful colorful slime that Ghostbusters will eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is a little too organic for my own. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's chunky. It. Yeah. It's chunky. Um, so the plan is this. Once they establish the point of in and the point of out, um, Zelda is like, she's she's basically trying to get Carol Ann to lure because she says there's there's two things happening. One, there's a bunch of trapped spirits. We later learn it's because they're on top of a cemetery mm-hmm. um, who, who can't go into the light. And there's this negative force. So we need to get Carol Ann to draw all of them into the light, but not mm-hmm. go into the light. So she's like, Craig T. Nelson. Oh, she's like, who does she, uh, who is she more afraid of? Like, who does the punch? Yeah, that was interesting, because that's always, like, the tough parent thing. It's like, which of you, the two parents is, is Carol Ann most afraid of? And they're both like, what? what? No, uh, she's not. Uh, I'm never afraid of. No, never. Well, he does the punishing. Well, no, I try to be firm but fair. And it's like, uh-huh. is that what's important? Uh-huh. Um, and then he, she's like, yell at her. Tell her you give her a spanking if she doesn't do what you say. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I've never spanked in my life. It's like, are you, are you not? Are you not aware of what's happening? Uh-huh. Like, who cares? And it just felt like, to me, artificial tension. Mm-hmm. Just adding more conflict for the sake of. Because otherwise they're just standing there, (laughs) you know, throwing tennis balls into a closet. (laughs) But it was annoying to me because then she's like, uh, lie to her. You know, you need to lie to her and tell her whatever about the light. She's like, I hate you for making me lie to my daughter. And it's like, bitch, your daughter is in the outer space where ghosts live. (laughs) Uh If you get her back from there, all is forgiven. Yeah. I lie to my kids mm-hmm. to get them to do their chores. <laughs> I lie to my kids to get them to, to to empty the dishwasher. Like, you're trying to pull her out from another realm. Uh-huh. Ugh. Oh, and so, and she's like, all right, tie the rope around my race. Uh, Zelda's like, I'll go get her. And the mom's like, no, she won't come to you. Like, it doesn't seem like you should go. It seems like I should go. Um, they have this little bit of back and forth, but there's this hilarious line, which is so mm-hmm. well delivered, where Zelda Rubenstein goes, you're right, you go. <laughs> uh-huh. I will point out that at no point in that little exchange does Craig T. Nelson go, well, I'll go. <laughs> he is hanging back like, yeah, 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 you, you two ladies work it out. You figure out which of you two is going to go. Mm-hmm. And I get it that they need to send the mom, but like mm-hmm. Craig T. Nelson could have at least been like, I, I can try and I go. Can, I, can. I can maybe try. Um and this is like, I just, again, I can't ever help but to, like, see the opportunity for comedy. Mm-hmm. But I think it would have been hilarious if, like, so the mom jumps into the closet and, like, they're holding on to the rope or whatever. And she's like, take up the slack on the other side. All right, here we go. This has got to be very careful. Now, should we discuss my fee? <laughs> should we uh-huh. just really quickly while we're, <laughs> while it's just you and me up here, talk about what uh, what Zelda's getting for Zelda out uh-huh. of all this? Um but they, Craig T. Nelson stops listening to her and starts trying to jerk them back out mm-hmm. the wrong way. Like, that part seems so unjustifiable to me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, tension for tension's sake. Exactly. 
Uh, and then it's okay when people act irrationally. Yeah. But when there's so much of it and it starts to really feel like I, I feel like t like some TV shows are really guilty of this because they've really got to milk out as much conflict and tension mm-hmm. as possible per episode. Yes, and I totally hear you, and I understand. Like we got, well, we got to have conflict. There has to be something that's working against them. Mm-hmm. Like we have to have something more than the fact that like she's in this nether realm where something is trying to keep her from being rescued. Um, you know, just like in Stranger Things when they sort of send, yeah, that that uh, was actually the first the, the show I was secretly thinking of when they just have these sequences where all the kids are taking totally different sides in it, and sometimes it just feels like. You've just—they've just made you the grouchy kid who's got to complain about everything. Exactly. Now, you know. Um, but it didn't make any sense to me that if you're in a as a parent, if you're in a situation where you have no knowledge, there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've turned to these people for help to be at every turn saying, "No, I won't do that. No, I don't like that. All right, well, you say not to, and I'm going to try and jerk them back out." Um, it just was annoying to me. You know. Tension for tension's sake, and it's like, ugh, enough. So they fall mm-hmm. out. They're covered in goo. Goo. Um, they're like, get them into the bath, which we see at the beginning. Zelda Rubenstein's like, bath full of warm water? Is that ready? Is that ready? <laughs> and Craig Nielsen is like, yeah, I filled the bath with water. <laughs> What's that going to help? You know? It's like, put them in the bath. Out. Mm-hmm. Why don't you? Get that goo off of them. And then he does, uh, everybody, everybody knows the uh, classic 1982 version of CPR, which mm-hmm. is to yell at someone, breathe. That's all. Breathe. Mm-hmm. Breathe. You've never quit a fight. No, come on. Breathe. And it works. Uh-huh. She wakes up and goes, hi, daddy. <laughs> and then we get that iconic line. But I, I love that she like, she like sort of fixes herself for the camera. And then she's mm-hmm. like, this house is clean. <laughs> and she's wrong. She is wrong. Boy, is she wrong. Oh, so what do you think of that head that comes out? So when Craig T. Nelson oh, yeah. starts pulling, uh-huh. a big old head comes out and like tries to bite at him. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the, the the effectiveness of that effect? I liked it. You I, did? Especially from the side. From mm. the from the the side, it's probably a miniature. From the front, it, it looks like a different model that's uh, larger, more life-size, which... Yeah. I, I didn't dig as much, but the side one was pretty cool. Mm. I guess I didn't like that it had like a humanistic type form. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Well, there's not a lot of rules in this movie because, again, they disproved that the whole poltergeist, which they wanted to name the movie. Right. You know, it, it the whole concept is, is kind of the reverse of the actual situation. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like a lot of these situations and scenarios are really kind of like oh what if we had a cool haunted house yeah these different things could happen so there's not like an ultimately unifying rock solid like logic or mythos to how these things happen they're just all like really cool and awesome and legitimately a lot of them are cool and awesome yeah 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 but it's not tied in any sort of like real paranormal like research yeah and then also again like a lot of these people are just guessing at how you know it's like what's gonna yeah yeah i mean uh, to be honest like the 
so-called experts have never seen anything like this yeah. and they're 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 <laughs> they seem pretty confident with the like you know the etymology and, and like the psychology and like how these things actually happen mm-hmm. somehow right well and i think like the psychic is 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 reading the room literally of like okay mm-hmm. so there are all these spirits that are attracted to his warmth there's something negative there she's hearing it this way like she's putting it together based on that and so that's where her theories come from yeah um okay so craig t nelson is like I'm which going is to actually a great counterpoint to mm-hmm. like these these people who are in this university yeah you know who are just kind of going off of very scientific studies you know yeah um, so then everything to me becomes so unbelievable because Craig T. Nelson's like, I quit my job or I got to go clean out my desk. And for some reason, I'm going to do that at night. Uh-huh. Yeah. The nighttime is the best time for me to do that. And he says to them, as the moving truck is getting loaded, we're leaving tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, put the kids to bed, sure. But when I get back from going to quit my job, which can I, I can only do at night, um, <laughs> we're going to go. Mm-hmm. We all heard him say that. Mm-hmm. And then she decides to dye her hair. Like, <laughs> their home is, like, we see the movers taking every single thing out of the house, but their house is full of stuff. Yeah. There's no way they're leaving tonight. Her bathroom <laughs> is still full of every single bathroom thing. And she's like, you're going to dye your hair uh-huh. in the house that you're moving out of that night? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it, it's, I like the idea that, that it feels like everything's done and, and life is going back to normal. Right. I like that. But yeah, some of the timelines things are just squeezed a bit too much. They're not jumpy enough for me. Yeah. You know, they're too convinced too easily mm-hmm. that they're going to mm-hmm. be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, because she leaves the children. Like, if alone it was like legitimately a poltergeist, as in it follows you. Right. What would have been exciting is that they've already moved. Exactly. And and things are back to normal. They're settling it's into their house. It's a year later. Yeah, you know, or or even like a even like two weeks later. Yeah, and, and they're they're starting to become normal again. Mm-hmm. And then things happen. Yeah. again. Well, I'll tell you what though. Like, she's got the kids each in their own beds. Which, by the way, that wicker bed we saw it get destroyed. Did you just order the exact same <laughs> model? Um, <laughs> but so the kids are alone in their bed, sleeping with the door closed. With their little dollies and stuff. Um, Murder clown still perched, pointed directly at that child. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want it there. Who keeps putting it there? (laughs) It's not him. Uh He was was not like, oh, can you get my favorite toy, the murder clown? Can you please perch that up so it watches me as I sleep? The mom is putting it there, clearly. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I can't uh, keep my nine-year-old out of my bed when there's a thunderstorm. (laughs) Like I get, I guess they say Carol Ann doesn't remember anything, but the brother does. Mm-hmm. There's no universe in which, like, my son who is that same age would not be like always. I would not be able to take a bath because he'd just be like, "Yeah, mom, here's the thing, though. I'm going to need to like have a hand on you at every moment." Uh huh. For- yeah. So it, ultimately, what they were doing is is that the movie, like a lot of movies, needs to be a roller coaster, and so it yeah. needs to. It needs to climb slowly back up for it to to race down again, mm-hmm. and yeah, and and then the problem is is just that it's just they wanted everyone to be at ease, and the timeline is just so short for them for that to be real, you know. And ultimately, I mean, this movie did really well, 
and and Spielberg is great at juicing those moments of 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 releasing the tension and building the tension. Yeah. But sometimes you can just see the uh, the mach- you can see the machinery. Yeah. You know, you can see the con- the conductor's hands. Mhm. Um and like in this case it was just it was just a little too unbelievable like you said like i i would have They're too d- relaxed the the problem is is that he really wants these juicy poppy high concept stuff of and it is honestly a great twist because people remember it of that they that they it is built on a cemetery mm-hmm. and they just removed the all the headstones but left the bodies yeah and so that's a great idea the problem is it goes exactly against what the poltergeist concept is mm-hmm. that they themselves established. Right. You know. Well, and it's like at this point, nobody cares. You yeah. know, it's just like a scary ghost. Yeah. And what, what could have worked was the whole idea of them moving mm-hmm. and that it followed them. But then they would have had to create a brand new idea of how and why. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which they they could have. I mean, I don't care about how and why. Like mm -hmm. a haunting is happening. Okay. Like I. I mean, I guess. I guess they felt like they needed that explanation. Mm -hmm. But I would have been fine without it. Yeah. Well, they could have even moved in a different home in the same neighborhood. Yes. And then and then it would have like the whole neighborhood. But then they would have also. Why is it still happening here? Yeah. Why is it still happening to us? Mm -hmm. You could have had it. I mean, again, there's still the situation is why is it just under our house? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because the Which they don't answer and and they don't need to answer, honestly. Like it's. Because the last moments of of the chaos. So, like, all hell breaks fucking loose. Uh,. You know, as she's blow drying her hair, all hell breaks loose. That murder clown is attacking the kid. Carol Ann's being sucked into the bed. Like the everything's going nuts. Mm -hmm. And then she ends up in the pool. They had they had more gags. They 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 had a huge bucket of these moments and gags that they 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 wanted to do. Murder clown, stretchy hallway, can't climb out of the pool. Mm -hmm. Skeletons erupting, (laughs) coffins bursting out. She calls for the neighbors, help me, help me, help me. They do come. Mm -hmm. They help her out of the pool. And then they nope the fuck out of there. The woman even says, oh my God, your children. Your children up there. Whatever kind of noise is that to make? And then they're like, well, good luck. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, what I I almost would have loved is that it goes batshit crazy like gremlins. And Mm -hmm. everyone is in the neighborhood is like, oh, fuck. It does. It does, uh-huh. though. Like when they, what, like the coffins start exploding out of mm-hmm. everywhere. You know, like a, a hydrant uh, explodes. People's houses are like. Yeah, but they, it's still like in the in the pretty much specific vicinity of just their house. Yeah, and then their house gets sucked into. Which is a great moment. That's which is a great moment. Like, but it, it also makes no sense. Yeah, no, no. So like, the ending of Jaws is like is the same thing as a lot of these moments mm-hmm. to where. It, if you're along for the ride, you'll buy it. There's no reason why jo- that the, the shark is going to have that that air tank in his mouth. It's a real stretch, and that he's able to shoot it and then blows up the you know. So spoiler alert: the, the, the jaws <laughs> blows up because he's got that that oxygen tank in his mouth. Right. But we've been along for the whole ride, and we're willing to to take one step and buy it. The problem is with this movie. Is that it's the same kind of logic. If they're along for the ride, they'll buy this. But there's too many of those, and it's in some ways we're not as along for the ride. 
yeah. as we thought we were. Because why is the boss on their doorstep? Honestly, yeah. But honestly, again, like, I was okay with a lot of them. Okay. Uh, you know? Like, it, 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 because it was a certain kind of movie. It's, it's definitely less realistic, and it's a little more... Sure. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Blown out, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get you what you're saying. And here's a, here's a moment, a beautiful moment that I loved. Okay? Mm-hmm. So when the daughter comes home, the daughter's like, I'm going to go out with my friends. Bye. She goes. Um, she's a smart one. She, she <laughs> nopes out of there a whole bunch. But she gets dropped off just as the chaos is at its peak. <laughs> out of a Trans Am, uh-huh. she is covered in hickeys. <laughs> And she's like, what's going on? What is going on? What is going on? I just thought that was such a cute, like, background detail Mm -hmm. to to have in there. Yeah. Um, And then there's that moment, that classic horror movie moment of, like, the keys, the keys. Uh I can't find the keys. They drive to a motel. Milk that maybe a little too long. Yeah, yeah. but then they they call it back though in a mm-hmm. in a comedic way. They go to there. You see them checking into a motel or strolling into a motel, and the dad's like, "I still don't have the keys." Mm-hmm. And the, the younger the younger boy's like, Ugh, "Here they are, Dad. You're not allowed to have keys anymore." Mm-hmm. And then the music, the ending and, music. And it's a great is ending. So it's a great. It's a great. It's a great ending moment where they go inside the hotel. Mm-hmm. Three, four seconds later, it, the door opens again, and he pushes out the TV yep. and closes the door. That's and a great ending. It is a great ending. Um, and I, and yeah, it yeah. is. But then, so the credit music that rolls is all like children being like, la, 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 <laughs> uh-huh. Which also doesn't fit with the movie. <laughs> it's creepy. This, it's- yeah, this, this movie is a big grab bag. It is. It's it's a Halloween bag full of candy, and you're not always gonna like what you pull out. But there's yeah. also just a ton of some r- of it's a full size Snickers, full grade, yeah, and some of it's a handful of loose circus peanuts. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, so, um, okay, so there's a lot a lot to say about this movie, mm-hmm. right? So, I, I mean, do we feel like most people know about like the curse of it or whatever? No, go ahead and. Get into that. Okay. So I, I, I recommended on one of our other tapings the podcast My Favorite Murder. Uh, but there is an episode where they talk about the sort of curses of um, of poltergeist and also the exorcist and also just like the different, the different cursed um, movies. Mm-hmm. So uh, this whole trilogy was just kind of – there was a lot of – tragedy um there's a lot of different places that you can look up but like and and of course all of it's you know just terrible coincidence uh but the little girl okay so the, the little girl uh from the movies died under some tragic circumstances uh dominic dunn mm-hmm. who played the older sister died under some some really sad circumstances um like people like got injured on set and just like a whole lot of things bad things um that happened in and around the movie poltergeist that caused people to be like oh it was too real you mm-hmm. had too much stuff which is like no wasn't really at all you know mm-hmm. yeah it's like the guy who opened king tut's tomb later died of natural causes yeah, uh- <laughs> yeah it's, we want to kind of perpetuate like the haunted mythos right yep um and so that they wanted this movie to be an r um but they you know spielberg and toby hoover and whoever like Catherine kennedy probably successfully pleaded for it to be (laughs) Mm pg-13 
Yeah. And so, you know, what do you think? Do you recommend this movie? Yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, I, you know, honestly, watching, I had a good time, and there were enough enjoyable nuggets and moments throughout to kind of keep me going on. Like, you know, you know, we 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 had just recently talked about a movie that <laughs> I don't know if it's if it's after this podcast or before this podcast, but mm-hmm. we talking about how Red Dawn was just like a constant series of events, and you just got tired after a while. Yeah. Um, with yeah, with, this is a, a, a smorgasbord of supernatural events, and for me, it it worked in terms of carrying me along and and keeping you entertained. Yeah, keeping it. That's the thing. It, it was a roller coaster ride full of like candy and and soda. Yes. You know? Yeah, and I will say so. We watched this movie um, with some friends who had never seen it before, and it has it has both the it has uh, it has like you said the roller coaster ride of like oh that was scary that did scare me and this is stupid that that would never scare mm-hmm. anybody and laughing at the ridiculous things that are in the movie and like pointing out like you said that like oh look at the Star Wars sheets you know it had all of that and so I think it was a good time mm-hmm. um, watching it if not a little long yeah yeah yeah. Um, Okay, so of uh, of all of the movies of 1982, this movie came in nine. This is top ten, baby. Yeah. Uh, it was beat by movies we have done. That includes Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Um, we have done quite a bit of the top ten of 1982. Wow. We have not done uh, Rocky Three. We didn't do that one, right? We did four. <laughs> yeah. On Golden Pond, uh, An Officer and a Gentleman... Porkies mm. and Arthur. <laughs> Maybe Porkies. <laughs> I know. Don't make me Nathan. I don't wanna. Well, I've never seen it. Neither have I. But I know uh-huh. that it, I know what kind we of movie know it, it is. Yeah. Well, the, the, going in with this this strong idea of what it is, I mean that that that's the right material for the podcast. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So, on a scale of um uh one tennis ball mm-hmm. that has been tossed. <laughs> through another realm <laughs> to uh-huh. to one to one to ten um what do you what would you rate this movie i i'm gonna rate this a little higher than i thought i would i think i'm gonna give it a seven okay um just because i found uh again like if if you're into horror movies this is kind of the pepsi version of horror movies mm-hmm. but it but it's also kind of like the spielberg version of horror movies like it's got a lot going on for it in terms of just fun you know entertaining moments and i'll tell you what it doesn't take itself too seriously no, at any no. point yeah um i think i gotta go a little bit lower than that uh and go like a 6.5 mm-hmm. because yeah. i i did there were just some moments where i was like mm, you lost me though in the terms of believability yeah you know you just lost me in terms of like how a parent would behave those types of things mm-hmm. but you know i i yeah, I, it, it, you can see the footprint of this on other horror movies that come. Yeah, you know, like the Burbs almost. Yeah, yeah, and and like God knows that the cliches <laughs> and the lines from this movie they're back really mm-hmm. held on mm-hmm. and had like a, such a permanent place in the pop culture zeitgeist that like even if you've never heard of this movie or didn't know where they're from, you certainly know the 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 images and the and the words that survived. Um, and really, like, launch themselves into the into the entire lexicon of things that we know. Okay, so do you have a deep cut recommendation for Poltergeist? I found it 
kind of hard. Yeah, it's a tough one. So what I came up with, because I, I was having a hard time picking something, and I thought, like, I don't know, do I pick something that I think is similar but scary? Mm-hmm. And I just decided, no. You know what I recommend? The TV show Supernatural. <laughs> now in its 15th season. Um, I love it. It's a really good show. It's infinitely rewatchable if you want to find out about all things Supernatural and figure out the difference between a poltergeist and a haunting and all the shit that's going on in this house. Um, watch the TV show Supernatural. Yeah, it's not perfect. Cool. But that's what I got. So I'm going to recommend, this is this is a tough recommendation because it's behind a paywall. Uh, but if you've got Stitcher Premium, I'm going to recommend the podcast I Was There Too. Um, so episode 29. Um, so basically it talks about people who are in who played smaller roles in, in big movies. Ooh. And so this is the dude who tears his face off, ah. who was Spielberg's uh, assistant, like on Raiders Lost Ark and uh-huh. things like that. Um, but so on episode 29, he talks all about Poltergeist and the making of Poltergeist. Interesting. So that's a great... And then I think the next episode, he talks about some of the other Spielberg stuff that he did, which I think um, was uh, like Raiders Lost Ark. But uh, yeah, so... That would be my recommendation. It's a great, neat, 45-minute dive into yeah. actually being on the set there. And I've heard good things about that podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'll a good it. one. It is defunct. Um, it's um, And so, yeah, there are, there's maybe about um, five episodes that are on for free, like mm-hmm. if you want to just get it. But everything else is behind Stitcher Premium because it's part of Earwolf. Yeah. So Cool. Um, all right. Well, you know, thank you so much for listening. You can find uh, Chrissy and all things NCT at nctphoenix.com, uh, nctphx online. You can find everything about Most Excellent Pod at mostexcellentpod.com. Uh, we have an Instagram and a Facebook. Find us. Do, you know, do all the things you're supposed to do, like rate, review, uh, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell a poltergeist <laughs> um and where can people find squishy studios and nathan blackwell Squishystudios.com. and uh yeah if you want we've got um we've got facebook we've got uh, the youtubes um and the tubes uh, of you the, the tubes of you and if you want to follow um our upcoming projects subscribe to the squishy studios newsletter at our website yeah do it sign up for it thank you for listening we truly appreciate you uh and hey when you're out there in the world Please remember to keep the most excellent 80s movies podcast motto in mind. Be excellent to each other and party, party on, dudes. I'll be right. Oh, shit. That's the wrong movie. movie. Wrong movie. <laughs> They're here. <laughs>